Hello, and welcome to episode 205 of Below the Fold, where some of the best content is just a scroll away. Today's conversation, productivity hacks. Let me throw down some introductions. We got Nate Birch in the studio, SEO manager at MapR Technology. That's me. Brandon Hassler, founder and CEO of Market Campus. This is What was that? Paxton Gray, director Uh, of marketing operations at 97th floor. Hello, comrade. And I'm Jacob Perry. I'm not a director. And I am Jacob Perry, digital marketing manager at Myriad Genetics. I think before we really jump in, I'd like to hear Brandon explain what that introduction was. That was my (laughs) first attempt at saying hello in Russian. Say it again. Yeah, say that again. I don't know. (laughs) It sounds like this. That. Yeah. Okay. Good job. Uh, Anyway, so let's get into for all our Russian fans. (laughs) 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 Let's uh, let's jump into the topic productivity hacks. I'm going to pass this over to Paxton so he can introduce the topic and and uh, tell us what direction we're we're going to go in. All right. So uh, I really want to talk about this because I'm kind of a life hacker, productivity, efficiency junkie. Um, I'm super into better ways and more efficient ways to do things. I recently just read uh, an email that Noah Kagan sent out about how he works, and I find that super interesting. I always love to read uh, Life Hackers How I Work series. Um, and so I was kind of interested to know like how you guys work and what your t- tricks are about how to get things done, how to stay motivated, how to stay productive. From here, you know, it's kind of a big, wide-open topic, and we can kind of go anywhere with it to start off. You know, what would you say is your your number one tip for for staying productive throughout the day? And we'll start with uh, Brandon because Brandon uh, runs his own company. He doesn't have to answer anybody really, so uh, he has to be his own boss and and uh, make sure he stays on top of being productive. So, Brandon, uh, I would say of all of the things that help me be the most productive, it's when I start my day off with uh, goals. If I don't have goals, if I don't have like a solid to do list, and I'm one of those guys that really operates well off of a uh, to-do list. I know some people schedule out uh, more of their activities. I've tried that. doesn't really work for me. But before I either like, get done with my work or before I go to bed, I always make sure, and I use Wonderlist as my app of choice just because it flows well between uh, my Mac and my phone. But uh, I always have like my my high-priority tasks like if I don't do anything else but do these tomorrow, am I going to feel productive uh, when I'm done with work and when I go to bed? And so I always make sure I have those things, and that helps me run really well. And for me, I get sidetracked extremely easy. Uh, I'm, like, suddenly on YouTube, and then I'm looking at, like, news for stuff, and then it's like, oh, man, where was I? It's really nice to go right back to a to-do list and say, okay, this is where I was. This is what I've got to get done before I check out for the day and it also helps me work a little bit faster because if you don't have a list or I should say if you don't have a list with to do or we're sorry with due dates uh, and that's how I kind of started out I just have a to do list I would find that I just kept pushing tasks I didn't want to do and so I now I have like deadlines on everything and if I don't hit the deadlines I don't go to bed so I make sure that, that that's probably my biggest tip is just having goals when you like before you wake up, it, it, your day is already ready for you. Okay, so you use an electronic to-do list. You mentioned putting like the most important things to complete. So is that all you put on your to-do list or do you 
use that as like a catch-all for every little thing that you have to do, or do you only limit it to the most important things that you have to do the next day? If you're asking if I use it for stuff outside of work, I use it for everything. So I have a, I have a list for every well, little thing. Not, I'm just mean like every little thing, work, outside of work, whatever. Like, But you just mentioned like you only focus on the most important things they have to do that day. But what about the little things? Does that yes. go on your list too? So I, yeah, they're all on the list. I actually order it from like priority one to, you know, 99. I usually don't have 99 items in a day, but uh, in fact, I've never had 99 items in a day, but that's my, I always, I, I start with the first because usually those are the ones I don't want to do. And if I move them down or say, oh, I'll get this done today, but not now, it, it, it never gets done. You swallow the frog first. Right? <laughs> no one's heard of that. No, do the worst, the hardest, most difficult thing first, and uh, then yeah. the rest of it is easy. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so you don't schedule anything out; you kind of just go off the to do list. What do you guys do? So for me, I I do try to have a list of projects and tasks that I need to get done. One thing, however, I found is to keep the uh, the system where if if I'm in a high productivity mode, I'll stray from that list without a problem, just because I'm in high productivity and. I won't stick to the list for the sake of sticking to it. If, if, if I'm headway into a project and it's going really well, I'll keep doing it until it doesn't make sense. But that ramp down time where you start to feel that your attention is wandering or you're not being as productive in that one task, then I'll go back to my original task list. So you allow yourself to wander away Absolutely. from your list as long as that wandering is productive. Exactly. But do you use do you use calendar? Like, do you schedule all your I use, tasks out? I use out? Google Calendar. Do and you schedule all, all the tasks out, or do you like Brandon just limit it to the list? I I limit it to the list, honestly, and I allow for flexibility and for things to come up. Okay. What about you, Jacob? I kind of want to push back against you guys uh, and first maybe talk about what a hack is because it sounds like what we're talking about are just yeah. productivity yeah. things. Yeah. Whereas so, hacks are kind of things that are beyond what everyone already knows and Mm -hmm. like making a list. I think that's awesome. And I try to do it. It's really hard for me just because I get strayed so much and it's, I don't know, I feel like I'm not as disciplined to do that really well. And maybe for certain people that's a hack. But um, when we talk about productivity hacks, I'm thinking like what tools, what specific tools are there? Like list making tools. Brandon mentioned wonder list, which I think that's valuable, right? Someone yeah. might be using some list program and have never heard of Wonderlist and think, oh, wow, this is actually, this is a lot better than the current list making system that I'm using now. I was just looking at uh, at a at a list of productivity hacks, and this was written by Larry Kim, actually. He had a list. Man, this is like the fourth time. Larry yeah, Kim's seriously. Which, which ghostwriter? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what? You don't think he writes them himself? I have no idea. No, I, bet, I bet he does. Uh, and some of the ones on his list are, are are kind of you know obvious, but one of his that kind of stuck out to me was hug your dog as mm. a productivity hack, right? And, and let me just read this quick paragraph to you. Many studies have shown how having pets can promote physical and mental well-being. Employees who are allowed to bring their dogs into the office are less stressed and often report more job satisfaction. There's nothing like a cuddle with a furry friend to alleviate some of that toxic stress. Right. So when we're talking about productivity hacks, one, I don't have a dog. So maybe I get a dog. Right. Uh, And if I did have a dog, there's no way I'm bringing it into work. But, you know, some people have that have that uh, ability and have that culture where they can bring in their dogs. And it's funny talking about hugging your dog and and uh, um, relieving stress. 
what kind of stress relievers are there that will make you more so, productive? Yeah, so I've got some hacks that I had been planning on sharing. And these have, uh, I think, been super key to me being uh, productive and efficient and have gotten me through some difficult uh, times when I had a ton on my plate. Back when I started my career in digital marketing, I was working at a company called Heritage Web Solutions full-time. Uh, I uh, did sales for them as well, and I actually sold more than any salesman had in the history of the company while I was going to school full-time. Uh, so that was a ton that I had to deal with. Uh, and then when I was working at Nice Seven Floor, we opened up a brand new department. I headed that department up uh, kind of by myself and just an insane amount of work that uh, I had to do to the point where like both of my eyes were twitching. Like I was just so crazy stressed out. So all the stuff that I'm going to share with you is stuff that helped get me through that and helped me. Uh, now I can manage that same amount of work in easily because I do these things. So first off, I'd say meditation is number one. Meditation is uh, sounds like kind of hippie to some people, but it's coming around and becoming much more popular. And the reason is because it allows me to practice <clears throat> basically neglecting or, or, or not giving into distractions. So uh, I meditate every morning. And uh, basically, it's uh, like a mindfulness meditation. And I try to not let my mind wander. When it does, I acknowledge it and I kind of bring bring back to my space. And it's much, it's much more easy than it used to be to uh, do that. And uh, when I'm good at meditating, when I uh, do it regularly, I find myself not getting distracted by YouTube or text messages or people coming in to interrupt me. Like, my mind doesn't wander. and I'm much more in control over what I'm doing with my time. Uh, so that's super big for me. Another thing that I love, but is sounds, this is the other kooky thing that I'll share. It's called binaural beats. Many people haven't heard of it before, and it's much, it's, it's very much like a, a pseudo science. But uh, binaural beats basically, they put one frequency in one ear and another frequency in another ear. Well, let me step back. Uh, yeah, you've got headphones on, right? Yeah. So l- let me step back even further than that is what they do know is that, like, when you are studying and you're learning, uh, your mind has like a certain frequency. When you're sleeping, it's a different frequency. And so what this pseudoscience is, is um, it will put one frequency into one ear via headphones uh, and then another frequency in another ear that are just slightly different. Uh, but your your brain is used to hearing the same sound in both ears. So what it will do is it will compensate and adjust so that it will it sound to you like it's the same thing. After a while, it'll sound the same in both ears. And the idea is that in that adjusting you push your brain to be in whatever state that you want it to be in. I don't know if that works, and frankly, I don't care. But what I do know is that when I listen to that, I I will put it on. There's a YouTube channel called Binaural Beats Focus, and it's just like a a five-hour-long video of just binaural beats. And uh, I can sit there and just, like, chug through hours and hours and hours of work with zero distraction. I'm, like, the most efficient. It's like... So is it just, like, white noise? No, it sounds... uh, Maybe we can, like pump in some audio or something, but it's basically like a it's like that. So just an uh, oscillation. Yeah, but in t- just a slightly different oscillation each year. It's been in the Super. news because uh, kids will reportedly get high off nah, music. That's garbage. I don't know. Who knows? But, but if I, that's garbage, then... Well, well, if it's affecting your brain, that's what, yeah, that's what drugs do. I've read so. 50-50. I've tried it, and like, I don't know. I guess you feel more relaxed or more focused. But is this the alternative could, to bath salt? You can like pick your drug. Like <laughs> I want to experience cocaine or no, marijuana think, and it has like audio tracks for all the different ones. I, I don't know. I don't think that's true, but 
that's funny. I didn't even know it was in the in the news for that. But I've been doing it for years, and I love it. Maybe I've been getting high for years. <laughs> but that's why like, I'm so focused. Crazy, crazy productive. That's my most productive time. And then another hack that I use, not frequently, but like I've done it once, and you don't have to do it again, is you can use your internal, uh, the internal programming of your computer to block certain websites, those websites that I just love but are a waste of my time. So um, I actually block Reddit, I block Facebook, I block Lifehacker, I block Mac Rumors, like all those websites that I just love to check on a regular basis. So no, basically what you do on a Mac is you open up Terminal, you type in sudo nano, and then uh, type in forward slash etc forward slash host. You can look this up online, but then you enter in the password, and then you can just say for whenever any browser or my computer accesses this IP address, which is of that website, return the IP address 0.0.0.1. And so it will, to your computer, it will think that that website doesn't actually exist. And so I'll find myself thinking, oh, I wonder what's uh, happening with like the next, next iPhone or, you know, this new thing's coming up. I wonder, so I'll type in macrumors.com when I want to be distracted. And then I'll go to the site and it doesn't exist. I'm like, ah, yeah, I should get back to what I'm doing. And it just, it, it's awesome for me. Like it prevents me from getting into those uh, time wasters that I so often find myself or used to find myself. There, there are browser extensions that do similar where you can have your, so the your, problem, your the black problem is if your addiction is strong enough, you'll just go into Safari when you normally use Chrome. So like sure. in that sense, you'd have to find a Chrome extension and a Safari extension and then a Firefox, you know, sure. like it depends on how bad it is. But for me, it's, it's easier to just block it for the entire computer. Okay, so I've got another hack I want to share. All right. <clears throat> so this may sound kind of weird, but um, logging in on Sunday, right, or signing in on Sunday for a brief amount of time at the end of the day, uh, and this doesn't have to be Sunday. It could be any day, but I pick Sunday because you've just been done for the weekend, and oftentimes when I get into work on Monday, I open up my inbox or I look at my to-do list and it, it feels overwhelming, right? So by going in on Sunday, just to look at what my Monday is going to look like to see how many emails I may have gotten over the weekend, it allows me to prep or kind of manage my own expectations for what I can get done on Monday so that when I come in Monday morning, I already know what my inbox is going to look like. I already know what my to-do list is going to look like. Uh, so I'm not necessarily suggesting that you do work on Sunday, but just kind of take a look at what work is going to look like the next day. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, especially, I do that too. The night before, I'll look at what my inbox is like. Um, or your calendar. Yeah, but one thing I find helpful is sometimes there's a bunch of junk in there. And so sometimes hopping in on a Monday after two days, your inbox will look a lot more threatening than it actually is. And so on Sunday... I don't try to address anything. I just delete everything that's not something I need to address um, so that, you know, on Monday I only have to deal with three emails instead of 23 that are in my inbox. I also do inbox zero. I don't know if you guys, do you guys do inbox zero at all? I, I, I try really hard I uh, on my personal. plus. Um, that, really? Yeah. At work, I don't do it nuts. at all. You I do, do it, it, Brandon? I, I try. 2,000, would, that would drive me nuts. Yeah, let, me, let me look right 2, now. 2,000 unread Ooh. messages? I have 2,627 unread messages. So, unread? What if... Well, like, what that's, if, not, that's not the same as inbox zero. Well, I don't know. It's not just reading all your emails. It's oh, actually it's getting, rid, getting rid of them. So you have oh, yeah. Yeah. no emails My read or unread or anything started. No way. I use the email as file storage. Come on. No, I do too, but I archive things. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. So you can file them away 
into different categories or different folders, and it's just your inbox mm-hmm. that needs to be zero. I guess that's my turnoff called... was all these people on Twitter saying, I have inbox zero. I thought, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, it, is a weird, it, is a, it really is a weird thing to brag about. but It is, but I, like, I love it. I, like, it helps me. So this is something that Nate and I disagree on because we had talked about this topic slightly uh, last time we met. Oh, single desktop? Yeah, so for yeah. me, it's all about elimination of distraction. So as you notice, like, blocking websites that aren't uh, helpful. For me, you know, my desk is, like, very Spartan. My office is very Spartan. I don't have a lot of things in there that will distract me. For Very my job, exactly on my desk. So I only have my laptop and my charger. Um, I don't have another monitor. I don't have keyboard or mouse. Like it's just very minimalistic. And for me, it helps me to just like really focus on the point of interest, which is what I'm working on. Yeah, because um, having a mouse really is so distracting. I, it, I mean, it just. It, I think it sounds funny, but for me, it really makes a difference. Just it's like a, just another little tiny it's thing cluttered. that my brain could think about. So it's thinking about nothing but work, which is is another hack that Larry Kim offers. He says, tune down your the perfectionist within you. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually. Yeah, yeah. I read something about that and that'd be fun to talk about sometime about perfectionism. But so what Nate and I disagree on is the use of another monitor. So I I I have another monitor, but it just like sits underneath my desk and is tucked away. I don't I, I go back and forth. Sometimes I'll pull it out and use it. But I find myself more and more just going to the single screen. And I use, I mean, it's all thanks to Apple's um, spaces. So basically, I'll have full screen all the things that I'm working on. And then using four fingers, you swipe and go to a different space. Um, And so every single, like, it's always organized so that uh, my browser is the first space. Then after that, I have my to-do list that shares the screen with my calendar and then after that is where I typically keep my analytics and things like that. So, I don't think it's actually called Spaces anymore. It's not? What is it called? It's, it's when, just desktops. Desktops? Yeah. So if you like, okay. if you use three fingers up, you can see, you know, mm-hmm. however many desktops right. you have. But I think they got rid of the term Spaces. Yeah. I mean, I'm using it now. Like it's always, I always have the same things in the same spaces. And so for me, like I look at this thing, I want to look, it's, for me, it's almost as easy as looking at another monitor. I just take four fingers, swipe one way and then go back. It allows me to really just focus on the one thing I'm working at. And if something else pops up on another screen, it can take away my focus. Whereas now if something else pops up on one of these screens, I don't know it until I'm ready to look at that screen. So is this debate style where I get to answer the why I don't why I don't agree with? You bet. Nate. Well, you don't. I'm just there's kidding. nothing to agree or disagree no, with. No, it's no, more I, I, that I, I, that's I, what I like. So, and the reason that I like multiple desktops is because a lot of the tasks I have are faster when I have more space. So, for example, on the right, I'll be coding a page, and on the left, the rendering of the page. So I don't have to swipe back and forth. Or, for example, we're going through a website redesign, and I need to make sure the content on the production side is the same as the content on the dev side, which means I have to do a visual comparison side-by-side to say they match. And swiping from one desktop to the other, I lose visual track of where I was comparing left to right. Yeah, but how much time are you wasting turning your head back and forth? It's not that. No, no, no. no, It's not turning back and forth. It's the matter of I've lost my visual cue on the original compared to the dev. I think Jacob was just being sarcastic. But I I think there is something to that, right? Because you have peripheral vision that you can use where when you're swapping back and forth, you lose that. Personally, I don't do any of those things. And that's that's actually where the argument goes. It's depending on the tasks that you have at work can determine what uh, what your ideal workspace is going to be. So for me, 
I, and I do. I honestly, 80% of my time I spend on, on one computer with the workspaces. Again, that 20% of the time I, I, ideally I need a, a second larger lap or larger screen to be able to do the work I'm doing. And it, it's faster. Real quick, Pax, what, what kind of monitor do you have? Uh, like the brand? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, it's not the Apple. No, it's, but it's like some, it's a nice one. It's like 27 inches. I don't know. Oh, wow. Mm, I just have a TV. I have a 1080p TV. Oh, you do? It's, it's oh, the one. You I've on, heard on that that's screen bad. It, it's not that great on actually. I don't, and I don't know why. Like the resolution's uh, lower. Well, not just that. Not just the color. That, the it, resolution's lower on a TV than it is on a on a monitor. Well, technically, the the 1080p of a TV isn't anything close to what you have on a monitor. Well, that's not 3,000. That's plus. not 1080p. No, but if you had a 4K TV, that would be the same as this monitor. It's also the amount of light that's producing into your eyes. Because no, that I don't actually think, fatigues well, your maybe, eyes. but the, it does. I, I think it's as for, uh, talking about productivity. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you a quick story. I was playing Call of Duty several years ago, and I thought it would be sweet to play it on a projector, right? So I have it all on the wall, right? And guess what? You can't see the whole screen, no. and so as I'm playing, your focus I, is gone. Yeah, I, I'm dying twice as much because some dude over on the right side of the screen is over there while I'm looking at the left side. Same thing with you. It's using your center TV. of focus. It's, yeah, your well, yeah. What what you can focus on is so very small, small compared to the yeah, size. It turns into of peri- a TV. well, you have different levels of what you can actually focus on, and you have a circle that you can put your attention on and actually see. But then you get closer to peripheral, where the the description or the information that your brain's actually taking in gets lower and lower the further out you go to the 180. Now, don't get me wrong; it is cool playing Call of Duty on a projector. You sure. just have to be like thirty feet away. So you have to most make rooms it. don't offer yeah. that kind of space. Right. Something else that I do that you guys might find weird, and I picked this up from uh, a podcast I listened to called, uh, I can't remember what it's called now. It used to be called Note to Self. I'm kind of looking it up right now. We'll edit this out. Jacob. Nah. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what it's called. It used to be called Note to Self. If you search for that, they'll put that put up the new name but basically the whole podcast is about humans and technology and how things are changing in that in that weird relationship anyway one of the episodes there was an author who going back a step the the book the life-changing magic of tidying up it's by marie kondo and uh she wrote this book it's about like getting rid of the things in your life that don't spark joy it's it's kind of like a minimalist lifestyle minimalist thinking um but someone wrote an article where they take those principles and apply it to their phone so, and I, this is, I love this. I no longer, so basically all you do is you go in and you eliminate all notifications on your phone, except for the ones that are vitally important. Um, so the little red dots that used to appear on every app on mine don't anymore. Unless They're called badges. I, right, the badges. Wait a minute, I can turn that off my email? Yeah. Yep. So my email, I, oh, may, have, I may have new emails right now and Actually, I, I don't, I don't know about it. until I open it. <laughs> but the point is, is like those little red dots because i have that perfectionist mentality used to bug the crap out of me but now they don't appear i don't get a notification when i get a new email i only know when i get a new email when i'm ready to check my email so when i feel in the mood to check it i open up my email app and then i can see if i got new emails i'm not even a perfectionist and i have to get rid of those yeah um so <laughs> it's it's super you know i turn it off for linkedin i turn it off for for twitter i turn it off for all the stuff that used to pop up a bunch but i didn't need to be notified so I keep it on for Slack. I keep it on for uh, Gmail. Uh, I'm not Gmail, uh, Google Chat. Like those instant communications when someone's texting. I also keep it off More for More urgency. Yeah, so those kind of things, like communications, I yep. keep it on for. But everything else, I turn it mm-hmm. off. And uh, 
And then another thing that you do with that is you take all the apps on your phone and you put it all in one folder at the very top so you can't see any of your apps. So it's just like adding... Out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. It's yep. kind of adding one more step so you distract yourself less. Many of the apps we go into, we only go in because it happens to be on our home screen and we're bored, so we hop in. Where if you take it out of your field of vision, it helps you not go down that path of distraction. Sure. Um, for me, it's been it's kind of relieved some really weird and unnecessary stress. I uh, see. I, I use my phone different. I, I, I don't use it very often in all honesty. And the apps that I use are, I'll use Safari. I'll use the email. I'll use Slack. But as far as games, I, I don't have a single game on my phone. I, yeah. Let's brag about how many games we have. <laughs> I just talked about playing call of duty. What are you saying? For me, it's Facebook, man. I have been clean of games <laughs> clean since 2004. That's pretty good. Hey, I want to enter a quick segment that I think would be really valuable to the listeners. I want to just kind of quickly lightning round what tools, what productivity tools do you use? What are they called? And maybe a quick like one sentence description. And I'm going to start this off. Uh, I'm actually going to pull this from Larry Kim's uh, uh, thing just to kind of give you an idea of what I'm talking about. The section he's talking about is equipping yourself with an arsenal of productivity tools for tracking your time management Try Toggle or Yast. Savvy Social uh, Manager, go with Hootsuite. Also consider Buffer, which makes it super easy to share. Found articles. For saving articles to read later, you could use Feebly, Pocket, Evernote. And one last one, as far as saving passwords, which a lot of people have problems with when they forget their passwords, you can use a tool called LastPass, which is basically a vault storage you know, database that allows you to keep all your passwords in one place. So keeping length in mind and uh, length of the description you use, what tools do you guys use? We've heard some already. Brandon uses Wonderlist. So is this we all our use tool Slack. of the week? No, not necessarily. No, no just what, what, product, what productivity tools specifically do you use in your everyday life that you feel listeners may not know about but could benefit from? Okay, I got two. Go. Can I share two? Yeah. So they're both email tools. One is called Streak. It's streak is mostly used for like salespeople because it allows you to see when emails have been opened and how many times they've been opened and stuff. So you can reach out again, whatever. It's a, it's a sales funnel tool. Right. Yeah. I don't care about that. What streak does do though, is when you receive an email, that's something important that you need to address, but you can't address it now, or maybe you can't address it for a week. So you don't want it to sit there in your inbox because it's distracting for me, at least it is. So what you can do with streak is you can click on the email and you can schedule it for later. So basically, you click on it, you schedule it for later, it disappears. And then whenever you tell it to come back, it comes back in your inbox when you can actually address it. Uh, for me, it's it's really helpful in maintaining inbox zero and uh, decluttering my inbox and keeping me focused on the things that I need to be working on. So Streak, um, that's a Gmail extension. And then another uh, uh, Gmail extension is Inbox Pause. You can basically, it's a button, a big pause button that add, gets added to your inbox that you just click and you and whenever you receive an email, it like holds on to it. And uh, then you can click unpause and then all the emails that you received while you were paused come flooding in. So it's really good for those times when you're trying to focus uh, and you might get some important communications via Gmail, but you really don't have the bandwidth to handle those at that time when you're working on some project. You just pause your inbox. Nothing will come in until you're ready to, to access it. And it allows you to keep your email open in case you need to send stuff out, uh, but prevent stuff from coming in. That's great. Does anyone else have any other tools that they use? Well, I can use, the two that I use for work, Slack and Compost. 
honestly, for what they what are. Was that, what was that last one? Kapost. Kapost? Yes, it's a really easy way to manage all of your content creation and promotion and tracking and integrates with the different CMS systems. CMS has a system implied in it, but CMSs. So I've got two uh, really cool tools that I use. I would like to pivot the conversation in this way if you guys are okay with that. But I think one of the most underrated areas when it comes to productivity is sleep. And sleep is one thing that I've been nice. like obsessed with lately, like just studying schedules of successful people. And you know, there's really two types of people. There's the night owls who do very well late at night. And then there's the early birds. Uh, I would say like if I was not married and I didn't have to work around anyone else's like preferences or schedules, I'd probably go to bed around four and wake up at noon. That would probably be like my ideal schedule because I work very well. Like my brain just like turns on at 10, 10 PM and, and just goes all night. However, just due to a number of things, I am trying to train myself to become a morning person. And so I've been doing a lot of study on sleeping. The average human, uh, A, takes about 14 minutes to go to sleep. And you go through like a, a you go through s- several sleep cycles throughout the night, and each cycle is about ninety minutes long. So there's this website I've been using for months. It's called Sleepy Time. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that. It's a sleepyti.me. They also have an app that I've been testing out, and it's just as accurate for the last couple of weeks. That, that app is just called Sleepy Time. Is this the one that measures like your REM sleep and and how it's, it's no measuring like it, it's there's apps that do that. It's like stick it under your pillow and stuff like that. Uh, this one it's just, it's simple. It's it's either I need to wake up at 5 a.m. tomorrow, what time should I start to fall asleep? And then it will give you all the cycles. So the problem is is you could wake up at 7:15 and feel refreshed, but mm. if you woke up at 7:45 and, and, and you're in the middle of a sleep cycle, you'll feel super groggy. So it's really cool how... So it just counts back every 90 minutes. Yeah, or or you can select it so it's saying, I'm going to bed right now, what time should I wake up? And it'll say, oh, 6.45 or uh, 7.48, like just different things like that because it goes off of sleep cycles. I've tried it every time and I've yet to like feel groggy when I wake up, whether it's four hours of sleep because I have to wake up super early for something or whether it's eight hours of sleep. It's it's amazing. That's called Sleepy Time. So that's really helped. And then one app uh, that Hang on I just said because I want to I want to say something about that because I've used that. You, you I think like over a year ago you were using that for the first time and you had mentioned it to me. So I kind of gave it a try. The one downfall with that tool is that it's making this the assumption that you're falling asleep at this exact moment. Whereas well, there are a lot of people who you know take, and that you have a similar a sleep cycle to what they're calculating. Yeah, and I think I think that that you know most most people probably fall into that pattern, but not most most people don't fall asleep within no. sixty seconds of setting that. Yeah, that so time. that's so the website doesn't take that in account. The app is I like it. A, it's easier to access at night than going like hopping onto Chrome or Safari. It does take in account the average fourteen minutes. So it's saying if you're laying down right now, like as soon as you turn this phone off. Uh, on average, you're going to take 14 minutes. So if you know, like my wife cannot fall asleep within 14 minutes. So if you know that you're a 35 minute person, then you could kind of just do the math and then add that. Oh, so you can't yourself change that default 14 minutes. It just gives you this. Yeah, it just gives you this. Just it doesn't like it's not an alarm system. It just gives you the suggested times, and then you would go into your alarm on your iPhone or Android, okay. and then uh, set it yourself. But if you go off the schedule, assuming you know you have the average 90 minute uh, sleep intervals. It uh, it works for me. But cool. What was the second tool? Second one was related to sleep, and that's called Flux. Have you guys ever used Flux? Yep. Really popular. Yep. 
uh, especially on Mac. They're actually building it into, well, it's not, they're, built, they're stealing it's the same it from feature. Flex. Yeah, they're building yeah. it into both the newest editions of Android and Apple's uh, iPhone, iOS. And basically, blue light is what makes it really hard for people to fall asleep. So if you're like going to sleep and you're checking Instagram. Because it mimics the daytime, like the sun. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what this does is it automatically, like my computer, once I hit around 5.30 or 6, my computer will slowly uh, remove the blue lights. And by like, if I hop on my computer at 10 at night, it's like almost red. Uh, so it uses more, like it tries to basically send the right signals to your brain so you don't have a hard time falling asleep. So, which is nice if you're hopping on your computer late at night. Right. It, yeah, it, I use that. I use uh, Flux, but I also, you have the, uh, I'm on the <clears throat> beta for, for iOS, so I have it on my iPad, and uh, I read on my iPad at night, and I can tell you, like, I'm much, much more relaxed just by simply changing the color of the light, like, super That's weird. really interesting yeah. to me. What time does everyone here wake up? I'm just curious. Like, do you guys have, like, set sleep schedules, or is it random every night? You're I, early bird, right, I wake Max? up when my kids wake up, and that can be anywhere between 5 <laughs> and 8. Yeah, I, yeah. so I have an 8-month-old, and uh, right now I'm waking up at 5 every morning i might as well but just become I'm waking a morning up, person i'm waking up at myself. one and i'm waking up at five <laughs> yeah but i remember you waking up at five even before you had kids i know but now i'm waking up at one so like it's i don't know i'm <laughs> it, i'm exhausted i can barely keep my eyes open yeah um so i did have another tool were you done with yours no yeah that's fine so i i have one last one and then unless we yeah. have more we can kind of move on yeah uh it's another email um tool it's called unroll me have you guys heard uh, of that? yeah yep so Unroll Me is a pretty cool tool that basically combines all your uh, email subscriptions into one digest. So basically, you can it, it actually has two major functions. The first one is a lot of times your email, especially if you're in digital marketing, your email address could get sold by companies and you are automatically subscribed to a bunch of email programs that you have never opted into. And it keeps track of all of the subscriptions that you that your email is subscribed to, and it has an easy one click unsubscribe uh, for, and it just lists all your subscriptions. So right now I have like sixty three subscriptions, and I know that I should have around fifty. So I can go in there and I can find those thirteen and just easily just go down a list and just unsubscribe and click that button down the list, and it automatically unsubscribes me without me having to receive an email from them and hit their own, go through their own unsubscribe. Uh, but then the other major feature of Unroll Me is the ability to uh, kind of package your subscriptions into one email. So every day I get an email with like all my subscriptions, like I have Netflix, my Apple emails, my all my bank statements, my Moz subscription stuff. All that will come in as one email instead of five. And you can set up your own your own uh, Unroll Me, you know, subscriptions. So. Uh, that is kind of like um, the pause tool that you had where I only get one email a day that is a digest of all my emails rather than getting a bunch of emails throughout the day. Yeah, I like that. One thing I wanted to ask, uh, Paxton and I briefly talked about it at lunch. I think we all have those days where we're kind of in a rut to where we just don't feel motivated. And I, I feel like this plays a big part of productivity. Do you guys have, whether it's like a ritual or... Uh, a place on the internet that you go, or maybe it's outside. Like, what do you do on those days where you just don't feel motivated? Like, how do you motivate yourself? I go work in the wood shop. The wood shop. Yeah. I like that. Paxton goes to Starbucks. Starbucks? (laughs) Walk around. That can help. Ride a bike around. That helps as well. How about you, Jacob? You have anything? 
I, 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 to be honest, I think I just try to work through it. You just chug through it? Which is not, I'm not saying that that's the solution. If I, I want to do something different, right? And that's not a place that I excel in. So my answer should not be helpful to anybody, but when I feel unmotivated, I kind of, sometimes I'll just kind of dink around, you know, until that motivation comes back, which is not a be- the best use of your time. Brainstorming? Yeah. I don't even do that. <laughs> sometimes I feel like my brain just kind of shuts down and I feel like, like I know that there are so many things I could be doing and I just cannot for the life of me think of any of them. No, I'm referring to the game. <laughs> oh, the game? What game? The tile game. What tile game? Oh, oh yeah. What's that called again? Pseudo. pseudo. Oh, pseudo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. There's a Brain game story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, supposed to, I'm supposed to remember that. It's like two years ago. Yeah. I guess he remembered it, though. Yeah, some of the places I go, like, and I guess there's two different mindsets. There's the ones where you're just completely crapped out, like your brain doesn't want to think anymore. And in that case, uh, I, obviously, depending on the time of year, going outside has been nice. Like when I was at 97 Floor, it's nice to either just go out and like, play a game of pig at the basketball court or just go for a walk to the gas, the gas station. station. I really want to buy a boosted board. I've been like heavily contemplating buy one just because I'd love to just go for like a quick ride around like my neighborhood or something like that. A boosted board? Boosted board. You ever heard of those? No, no. what's that? Oh man. Electric skateboards that'll yeah, change you your life. That. They're pretty cool. Oh, like you have like a little remote in you your have hand. A remote, and a yeah, they can I've just, seen those in San Francisco. I've never fast. seen them anywhere else. Yeah, they're they're slowly getting big. Um, what they're what they're called boosted, boosted boards. Board. I mean, there's huh. a lot of brands, but boosted boards probably they're like the Apple of electric skateboards right now. They're expensive, a thousand to fifteen hundred. Really? Uh, yeah. Holy cow. But the like, ones I saw, they can replace like they your homemade. transportation. Like so, how how fast do they go? The fastest one goes about twenty three miles an hour. Wow, which is That's pretty. I mean, bad. for a skateboard, it feels pretty, pretty fast. fast. Oh, yeah. And then they last uh, for about seven miles, and then you get you get a charge. Basically. So yeah, but see so yeah, if you if you work close by or just want to go for a quick ride, that's a great place. Other things I go like just as far as online, like I love watching Gary Vaynerchuk's new show Daily V. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. He has Ask Gary V where he takes questions. Daily V, his camera guy literally just follows him from like morning to night every day. I mean, I guess the episodes aren't every day, but that's each episode is it is an entire day of Gary Vaynerchuk, and you see how much like he doesn't just talk about how much like he actually is like working constantly and so when i when i watch videos like that it's almost like motivating because it's a reminder like okay there's a reason you're not where gary vaynerchuk is <laughs> and it's because you're sitting here watching youtube videos that's right and so then you get done you're like okay back to work uh casey neistat for for some reason he's a famous youtuber whenever i watch him like it's motivating i guess it's probably because it's entertaining at the same time but uh he lives a very busy life and uh, I also love movies like The Social Network. Like, I have all these movies like that that are, like, on my DVR. So if I ever just want to, like, lay down, I pop on The Social Network, and within, like, 15 minutes, I'm sick of watching. I want to go back to work. <laughs> Super weird. But, like, I, I'm a big believer. Like, everyone's different. And uh, I, I do think we need those outlets because the whole 9 to 5 work schedule for a lot of people it's just not effective. Like I'm a big believer that work when you feel like working, rest when you feel like resting and you have to be self-disciplined and identify those times. And that's, that's actually part of why I like telecommuting so much because yes, I have a bunch of tasks that need to get done, but as long as I'm able to be contacted within the, the normal working hours of the company, that's fine. But as far as doing my tasks, sometimes I'll get up at six, six thirty. Sometimes I'll be up until midnight working on things. 
And it might just be the fact that I didn't work on it in the morning, and I decided that uh, later on it was a better time to do it. So I've found that uh, with that flexibility, and, and that probably comes with row as well, but when you have a, a, an office environment where you're locked into time, you feel you feel like you need to be locked into the tasks that you might not want to do at the time. Yeah. Something that I find, uh, I think we all have pretty flexible schedules. When I find myself unmotivated to do a particular task, sometimes it's because, uh, like many of my tasks are self-imposed. I'm trying to complete some objective and there's many ways to do it. I choose one. Uh, Sometimes the reason I'm feeling unmotivated is because I selected the wrong task. And uh, what's happening is I'm questioning why I'm doing this thing that I'm trying to get myself to do. Um, so sometimes the solution for me is just don't do that thing and drop it, do something else. Um, that is actually more effective. Um, so what you hear in the background is, uh, camera, <laughs> we need some pictures for our, you got uh, too close to the mic, Jacob. Instagram feeds. Check us out on Instagram below the fold. I don't know what we're on Instagram below the foldio but below the foldio. Anyway, so sometimes just questioning, like, is this task that I'm doing, is it really vital? Is it really helping me get what it is I want to achieve? If not, then sometimes you just need to cut it. So I have the goal in the background and say, is this goal the most important thing to do right now? Yeah, sometimes, like, your motivation is a good way of telling you whether or not what you're doing is something you actually want to accomplish, you know? Great. So I think we're kind of low on time here. Uh, Why don't we just enter last word and uh, push tool of the week until next week? So we'll, we'll just enter last word, 60 seconds of uninterrupted time to say whatever you'd like. And I'll go ahead and start. Productivity hacks. I really hope that there were a, at least a few little nuggets of really great information that you can pull from this, some tools that, that you'll go try out. If you have productivity tools or hacks that, that weren't mentioned that you think that people would really find valuable, please shoot them over to us and, and we'll publish them. We'll, we'll talk about them. This is one topic that, you know, we could go on and on about, not necessarily in an interesting way. But uh, anyway, yeah, please submit any ideas that that weren't mentioned that you think would be valuable. We'll go over to Brandon. Uh, So if you're listening to this and this is very intriguing to you, one book I would recommend is uh, The 4-Hour Workweek, which is from Tim Ferriss. Have any of you guys read it? I can't remember. I know I've asked it before. So it's, uh, it's full of like... Every page has like at least one productivity hack. Some of them are like extremely extreme. I think he takes a very extreme approach to things. But it really like if any if it teaches you anything, it teaches you the value of time. And too often we value what is my yearly salary, how much am I making an hour, uh, and we don't value time. And time is worth way more than than dollar amounts. And so once you get in that mentality, you uh, really start to respect your time more. It, it becomes valuable. And uh, it's all about just making the most of that. So I've learned a bunch uh, from you guys with some cool tools I'll be uh, checking out. But that's one book I would definitely worth the the, uh, purchase prices for our work week from Tim Ferriss. Great. Thank you, Nate. So the one thing I would say with any of these productivity type hacks is just like any split testing platform, you have to find out what works for yourself. You can't assume that any one is going to work. But the joy of that is you try one and you go to the next one. And then until you find the system that works for you, no matter what work environment you have, you can be confined to it in an eight or nine hour work week in an office. You can still find those those hacks, as we keep calling them, that work for you and help you to be more productive with your tasks and, and in all honesty, to be more happy with your job and environment. Thank you. Pax, what do you got? 
Yeah, I really like what Brandon said about time and how that's the valuable thing. Um, that's, I think, should be the ultimate goal of productivity is uh, to get more time to do what you want out of your life. Uh, you know, we all have one life uh, that we can live and uh, it, it goes by. Uh, I'm reminded of, uh, I listened to a podcast recently where they reviewed the book by Oprah, uh, What I Know For Sure. So I haven't read it myself, but I just uh, went through the review of it. And uh, she mentioned that she looks at life like a song that's playing and you have the option to get up and dance with it, or you can just sit there and let the song play and then it will be over. Um, so for me, like productivity is all about uh, the goal of embracing life and using the time that we're given to the its greatest advantage. Awesome. Hopefully you have grabbed some value from this episode. Again, if you have specific hacks you'd like to share shoot them at us at inbound at below the fold.io otherwise we'll talk to you next week